0: Warning, you, yes, you may be at risk of a heart attack and the shocking truth about your child's school. This and so much more on, I'm just joking, yeah. But did I get your attention? Did those headlines make you kind of go like, whoa, what's, what's happening here? If it did, that was the intent. Because we understand, just like you do, That there is a power in the emotion of fear. If we can create an element of fear, just a little bit of doubt in someone's mind, then in turn, we can capture their attention and perhaps motivate them to do or buy what we want. And that's our subject today here on what used to be Wor- the Beatitudes Worship Podcast. Instead, we've switched the name around a little bit. We have a brand new set, as you can see behind me, and the one thing we did not change, however, our tech people and the incredible, the invincible, the all-knowing, Miss Chanel. Good morning. When's the last time <laughs> someone talked to you like that, huh?
1: Not too long ago, actually.
0: Oh, jeez. Give me a break. <laughs> just kidding. I am
1: just kidding. Good morning, Tony.
0: Good morning. How are you? So hey, we've we've got like new changes. We're in a new setting. Yeah. It's we exciting. have a, a new set behind us. Right. And there's a new name. A new name. Tell Ma- me about that, please. Mono Dia. Mono Dia. Tell me how it has
1: nothing to do with the kissing mono. Oh. And nothing to do with Dia, which is god no it does wait a minute mono yeah. is for monologue correct dia is for dialogue
0: ah, and it's so still an
1: alternative worship experience but we're renaming it to mono dia
0: now you know someone uh, i was bouncing the idea off of someone and they said well why aren't you calling it mono dia so it's dialogue I just don't think it sounds as sound, good. It yeah. sounds much more uh, yeah.
1: classy when you say dia.
0: Dia, yeah. Mono, Mono dia. Mono dia. It just
1: rolls off the tongue.
0: There you go. And that's what's important, right?
1: Yes, of yeah. course. So, happy croissant day, by oh, the way.
0: You, you didn't bring me a croissant. Well. Oh, <laughs> is really today? It,
1: it is. I didn't know it either. Either
0: did I. But I was in the d-
1: drive-thru. I said happy croissant day, so I got one.
0: So I just had a sandwich before... Before we came on air, I mean, I literally was cramming down because this is the only time I get to eat breakfast is on a Sunday is right before Mm -hmm. we start this. So I pick up something on the way. I got a sandwich that was made on a croissant.
1: Oh, well, there you go. Look at us. We're paying homage to the Croissant Day tradition. So when you heard those,
0: (laughs) when you heard the intro, Warning, you might be a risk of a heart attack or the shocking truth about your child's school. Did that catch your attention? For sure. I thought, where are you going with this one? <laughs> really?
1: But it's, it's too isn't, early for that.
0: But isn't that what fear does? Mm-hmm. And then once you can create fear, then it uh, comes with it is a sense of doubt. Right away. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, ooh, could that be me? The
1: adrenaline kicks in and you think, uh-oh.
0: Yes. Could this be my kid's school? Could it be my grandchildren's school? Right. Could it be me that might be having the heart attack? And I'm not even aware mm-hmm. of it. And exactly. it doesn't matter how old or young you are. Right. Heart not attacks. Not Right. Yeah. So there's a text that talks about debt. I mean, doubt.
1: There is. Yeah. <clears throat> would you like to hear it? I would. Okay. I'm going to read it for you. It's from John, chapter 20, 24 to twenty-nine.
0: Now, John is that a friend of yours?
1: The Gospel of. John. Oh,
0: okay, sorry. We're
1: going to the Gospel. <laughs> okay. I do know it, John, but he did not write this.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, like this is put, probably doubting it? Thomas. This is
0: doubting Thomas, and you in actually, congrats on the pronunciation. I thank well you. Well
1: done. It was a guess. Anyway, Thomas was one of the 12, and he was not with the disciples when Jesus came, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I also have some sage, uh, a sage quote I'd like to share with everyone before we go to break, before the monologue. How's your Yoda expression? Or impression? Yoda Yoda impression. Yoda, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. that's not it. Star Wars. Yeah. oh. Oh. Okay. Yoda, the sage, yes. the green guy? Yes, yes. yes. Okay,
1: Sorry. so <laughs> here's his wisdom on this. This is from The Phantom Menace. Did you watch that movie? I did not. Are you serious? I've... Have you ever watched Star Wars? Uh,
0: Two of them. Okay. Just not a big fan.
1: Oh, great. Well, you should. You're missing out. Just okay. saying. Okay. He says, fear is the path to the dark side. Hmm. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. And we'll be right back.
0: You want to get people's attention. You want to be able to, to, to just draw them in, pull them in so that you can get them to do what you would like or try something, maybe even buy something. Use fear, because fear works. And the media understands this. The headlines that we started this podcast with, you can find those throughout the internet and on social media platforms and on the news. In fact, I googled fear and headlines and I found actually found some places that, tell, that would, would tell you how you can create a headline that will draw someone in by using fear. Well, for the last year and a half, you and I, we have been experiencing a, a slow burn of fear, kind of this underlying thing that's a, that's a part of us. Maybe, at times, we're not even aware of it. And it's the virus, COVID-19. When it hit, we realized that we had something brand new. And as it quickly spread from China and throughout the world, this pandemic, there was so much that we didn't know about it. And because of that, that unknowing, it created a sense of fear in us. And then we even got more afraid and more frustrated because the science kept changing its mind. Because we we don't want uncertainty, because we don't like uncertainty, well, in turn, what ends up happening is that we expect something from science that it can never provide us. For the last year and a half, we have actually been able to watch how science works. It's been amazing because science is always with this virus discovering something new. That's why some people say we're frustrated when from the very beginning it says, well, you know, we really don't need masks. And then all of a sudden we needed masks. And then now we're being told with the Delta variant that there is only certain types of masks that will work effectively. And that is frustrating. And that does create this sense of fear. Fear, especially if you're a parent and you have children that have not been able to be vaccinated yet. That can create all sorts of feelings inside of you that's like oh this is really uncomfortable think about recently the biden administration told us they said we're looking at boosters boosters were supposed to be coming out this month middle of this month for those who were older now all of a sudden we're calling that into question these these create a sense of us of frustration And out of that frustration comes this underlying sense of fear, because who will give us a sense of certainty? Who will give us this feeling of like, yeah, everything's okay. But there is something that happens that does create a sense of certainty for people. And that is God. A lot of people, when they feel uncertain or when they feel afraid, they turn to God and religion as a means by which they are able to deal with their fears. They double down on faith. This sense of like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, this is what I believe. This is what I believe about God. God is in control. Everything's okay. I'm just going to have more faith. And then this faith, these set of beliefs that we have, what they end up doing is they become the means by which we interpret our experiences. So we have these different experiences, and if they evoke fear, then we turn to faith, these beliefs, in order to calm our fears. And the majority of time, it works. The majority of time. But occasionally, we have these experiences that when they occur, what we believe doesn't align with that experience. And as much as we try, it just doesn't click. So in turn, we try to double down on our faith. But if we're not able to, then we feel guilty and afraid because we don't have enough faith. And who are you going to tell? Because by not having enough faith, you might be disappointing God. And who are you going to tell in your community that may not judge you or look at you or maybe feel like, well, if they'd get their act together, they would have enough faith. And so when this fear is not able to be dealt with and resolved, then it creates these doubts. And then we begin to create doubts in our mind around God and in religion. And that takes us directly back to that text from the Gospel of John that Janelle read for us. Thomas, here's a man who was told by his friends that, the, that his leader, his master, his teacher was dead. And then he was told that he had risen from the dead. That just doesn't happen, right? And rather than going, oh, yeah, 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 I understand. Instead, what happens is Thomas goes, no, I'm not going to believe you. You guys, are maybe you're pulling my leg. So Thomas ends up doubting. And listen again to what Jesus says in the fourth gospel, verse 29. And then Jesus says to Thomas, "Bless, "'Because you have seen me, you have believed.'" Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Now, there are many people that will look at that text, and earlier where it said, Thomas quit doubting, they look at that as a criticism against Thomas and doubting. And they double down on this and saying, see, that's why you don't doubt God. On the other side, there are individuals who believe the reason the story is in there might be to encourage us to doubt. Now, think about that. Is it possible that we find value in doubting? Especially, maybe even doubting God and some of our religious beliefs. Frederick Buchner says the following, whether your faith is that there is a God or that there is not a God, if you don't have any doubts, now here's where you, it just nails it in my opinion, you are either kidding yourself or you're asleep. You ready to that? Whether your faith is that there is a God or that there is not a God, which by the way, it takes just as much faith to believe there is not a God as there is, there is a God, then, and if you don't have any doubts, either you're kidding yourself or you're asleep. Let's just be honest with each other doubting is painful. When you begin to have doubts and question what it is that you have believed, something that has been passed on to you, the the majority of us, we don't come to our beliefs in a vacuum. They were passed on to us. So we have a sense of belonging by holding on to those beliefs, but when you begin to doubt those, it creates this sense of pain, this angst that you feel inside. You're not sure what to believe anymore. And that emotion, that feeling of doubt is one that we try to avoid. But even if we can just learn to sit with those doubts, it will benefit us in the long run. Why? Well, here's what I found to be very interesting, is that A quote quote from Khalil Gibran, who is a poet. He says the following, Doubt is a pain too lonely to know that faith is his twin brother. One more time. Doubt is a pain that is too lonely to know that faith is actually its twin brother. See, a lot of people have so much confidence in, in their belief systems and their, their certitude of, of who God is that it's not really faith. Faith becomes a noun. Faith becomes a set of beliefs. When you doubt, all of a sudden you find that doubt is, as this writer has said, is closely part of faith silver dollar coin two sides one side is doubt on the other side faith without both sides you got no coin and that is the value of doubt Doubt is what builds our faith. And again, please understand, the kind of faith that I'm talking about is not the same as belief in improbable supernatural things or a belief that everything works out for the best. That is not the kind of faith that I'm talking about. Instead, the kind of faith that I'm talking about is the verb side. It's an experiential. It's a way of living. Okay, now I'm going to share with you a statement. And I want you to try to pay attention to how you respond within your body, within your mind, within your emotions. And here it is. Faith grows only as we question what we are told. It's almost as if you take your beliefs on a test drive. It's like, how does this work for me? These things that I used to believe, do they still feel comfortable? Or are they no longer applicable? You see, even the other spiritual masters, people that were attuned with the transcendent, they understood this. The Buddha is said to have said the following, don't believe anything just because I have said it. Don't believe anything just because an elder or someone you respect has said it. Put it into practice. See for yourself if it is true. So perhaps the writer of the fourth gospel, perhaps he had something when he said that the spirit would lead us into all truth. I used to be a professor at a conservative liberal arts college. And I remember one time that the president of the college called me in. And he said, some of your students are complaining because you're saying that the spirit doesn't lead people into all truth. And I said, well, I said, I guess If you look at truth as being just a set of beliefs, then I have a hard time believing that the Spirit leads people to believe certain things. Because if people don't believe like I believe, then I have to say that they're ignoring or the Spirit isn't talking to them. But instead, if I can see that faith, truth is something deeper It's a deeper understanding about oneself and others and the earth. If I can grasp that, then all of a sudden, faith turns from a set of beliefs to an experience, experience that I live with. Before COVID, my wife would drag me occasionally to retail stores to buy clothes. I don't like it. I mean, I do not like going clothes shopping Um, because I got to go in there and try on all these different clothes to see what fits. You know, is it long enough? Is it too tight around the waist? Is it too tight on the legs? And then, unfortunately, sometimes I have found the older I'm getting that as much as I exercise, as much as I watch what I eat, sometimes weight comes on. And so all of a sudden, I realized that instead of getting that size of pants, now I got to get this size of pants. So I don't like the experience. But it's needed. So I wonder sometimes if that's what doubt can lead us to, is a new type of faith, a faith that is like trying on. See how it fits. See if it works for you. And remember this. Just as your body changes over time and you got to get new clothes, the same thing happens with our faith. So allow doubt, allow room for it. Because doubt and faith, remember, they belong together.
1: now we're going to dialogue. I'm kidding. Dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> and remind right me. When,
0: right when you said that, I took a sip of coffee. <laughs> I it's know, like it's How great. do I not? <laughs> <laughs> He's about to spit that everywhere.
1: Remind mm. me never to take you clothes shopping. Wow. Thank
0: you. Thank you. That was you.
1: such a rant.
0: I, I do not like it at all. Okay. I just... I... <laughs>
1: I don't think there's many men that do, just to be honest.
0: I don't know. Oh,
1: I'm, all right. Well, you know what? I really, really felt like what you said about uh, doubt being painful. Yeah. Really resonated with me. And so,
0: tell me, tell me more, if you're comfortable to the degree um, you, you're willing to disclose. Absolutely. How? How? In what way is it painful for you?
1: Um. It just faces. You just have to face it. Like, you want to just push it away and think, there's something wrong with me if I'm doubting this, especially if it's God. So maybe that's where we need to start. Like The question that you wanna ask is, do you even belong to the theist tradition, first of all?
0: Again, I guess it goes back to- What's your
1: orientation to the divine, is what I'm saying. Yeah,
0: I I think for me, it goes back to, the doubts created for me around God happened when I had a uh, when I challenged my ooh, that's a good question. Uh, it it <laughs> hit me when I begin to think about how God is involved in our world. And mm-hmm. there was a time, Janelle, when if I needed a pair, I mean a new set of tires for my car. Yeah. And we didn't have the money. Yeah. It's when we were first married starting out. Right. I'd pray to God for that.
1: For tires. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, I would pray to God for, okay. for jobs. Mm-hmm. And then I started hearing stories about people who did pray to God mm-hmm. about the life of someone they loved yeah. who was ill or sick. Right. And nothing happened. So all of a sudden I began to think about, is God more interested in me getting tires on my car, or that I get this job, then God is someone's health.
1: Somebody's life.
0: And then I think about what happens into individuals that are going without food. Yeah. I think about what happened over in Afghanistan. Yeah. And it's like, well, if that's God, and if God is the one who breaks into our world, and God Mm -hmm. is external from us, that became very uncomfortable for me. Yeah. And so while I would say that I'm not an atheist, I would say that I am a non-theist. And really those two things, they mean the same.
1: What do they mean then?
0: Atheist, so if you take the word theist, and in Greek all you have to do is add the word a or alpha Uh in front of it and it negates it. So the idea being that we've become to believe that atheist means you don't believe in any God. And that becomes, that's the normal understanding. Yes. So when you say that you're an atheist, then automatically people say, well, you don't believe in God. Right. But if you say that you are a non-theist, it's a, more, it's a clearer way of being able to say to someone, a theistic idea of God doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, it really was hard for me yeah. to switch that view of God, of no longer seeing a theistic idea of God. Now, I may be wrong. That's where my doubt comes in. Um, I may be wrong. And if I am wrong, then I hope mm-hmm. that whatever God is, if God is, as Jesus says, love, mm-hmm. then God might give me a pass. Because I got it wrong. But all I can do is use, you know, what I got. And
1: So is it fair to say you took the doubt and the fear and you made room for that? Yeah. And then it... Morphed or changed your point of view. Yes. Your orientation.
0: Yes. I one time I was talking to uh, Reverend Bill Nelson. He is the founder of the Church of the Mm. Beatitudes. And I asked him one time, I said, Is it possible to have faith
1: Mm -hmm.
0: without being an agnostic?
1: Okay, what let's explain what agnostic is before you. Someone who's
0: not sure if there is or isn't a God.
1: Okay. And what he, was his reply?: So
0: I asked him, I said, "Is it possible to have faith without being an agnostic?" And he said, "No." <laughs> that was his answer No just no no, because that 's faith. I mean, if you are so certain about mm-hmm. your ideas of God, yeah, then who needs faith and, yeah, and, there, yeah, and there is no okay, room and there that. is no room for doubt, there is no room. And and any time that fear even begins to peek its head out of the out of the hole, it's like whack them all, right?
1: Faith goes beyond the reasonable, don't doesn't it?
0: Yes. The yeah, it transcends reason. But but again, understand. So but it's an experience. Uh huh. You experience something. For example, I can be. I, I mean I remember sometimes when late at night, man, it was so much fun. We mm. used to we used to go water skiing and we had a slalom course to set up. At night. And at night we would go <laughs> We had these two big lights, one okay. shining one shining in the front uh-huh. and one shining out the back. And and so as you went that around, had
1: to take faith.
0: Yes. So as you went around as you went around the buoy. The, the person in the back of the boat, they would take the spotlight and they would shine it at the next buoy. <laughs> so you were going across the, the boat's wake, okay, flying across. I mean, what they say is if the boat is going, let's say, 36 miles an hour, mm-hmm. they're saying that when you pull hard against the boat, when you go across that wake, you could actually be doubling the speed. So you could be going anywhere from 60 to 70 miles what? an hour, flying across. It is <laughs> exhilarating. I mean, it's exhilarating. Okay. And, and you're going across it, and you can't see it. All you can see is the buoy. Okay. <laughs> and, and that, to me, I remember after skiing in the dark like that, there was just this feeling of, ah. It was, and so that was experiential. It pulled me out of uh huh. Myself into something beyond myself. And I think maybe... Fear? No. <laughs> no, no, okay. no. And no doubt. It was just pure <laughs> adrenaline rush. Okay. And I think... But that goes back to what we were saying, Janelle, is that to me is maybe what faith is. It's, it's something that we experience and it draws us beyond our just ourselves into something more. And maybe that's where we find the transcendent, or what people call mm-hmm. God.
1: Maybe, through the struggle. I like what Richard Feynman said. the joy. Said.
0: Ooh, pulling the big names. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh, let me just say something about Feynman. He is a, a, a god you
0: know,
1: <laughs> in my family's household. Okay. He's a theoretical physicist. My dad was a nuclear physicist, Ooh. and so Feynman was part of our vernacular. We talked about him quite often. And he actually said that, by recognizing our ignorance and leaving room for doubt, that's so important, because uh, that's where the struggle is, and I think it's important that we don't forget the struggle.
0: Mm. Yeah. So: <laughs> Well, and how, many, how often are we not comfortable with the struggle? All the time.: Yeah
1: yeah we just don't want to sit in that that I want comfort, I want answers, I want certainty i've told I've shared this before
0: and that's why I think these weighted blankets are selling so well weighted blankets yeah you, talking about? you get these blankets that they're really heavy
1: oh, right
0: I think it gives us that feeling of security, this feeling of it's mm-hmm. it's something that is. You know, evolution placed with that we grew up into is this feeling of security. That's how you survive, is feeling safe.
1: Yeah. And who wants to sit in the uncomfortable and be cold without that blanket? Exactly. But then it can also be claustrophobic, don't you think?
0: Exactly.
1: Okay. Yeah. So there you go. We need both sides of the coin. Nice prop, by the way. Thank you. Can I have it?
0: Uh, we'll see how you do the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, so let me ask you, hmm. um, and again, you don't have to answer this, but what about you in your own spiritual, religious journey? Have you had the moments of doubt? You know, they, they often call them the dark night of the soul.
1: Yeah, that's what's happened. I remember Mother Teresa had that.
0: Yeah, so several people have that. Yeah, what about you?
1: I think I'm still in the mm. dark night.
0: So Quite you, honestly. So like, you you are having doubts. You're oh, kind of yeah. re I'm
1: I'm I'm still navigating through what I thought I understood.
0: And how comfortable is that?
1: Not really very comfortable.
0: Do you ever get moments though in the midst of this new journey
1: mm-hmm.
0: where you feel a little bit of a euphoria? It's like, oh, I never knew it's that Yeah. Um, eureka moment.
1: I think I I feel like I'm still seeking certainty.
0: Okay. Tell me more. I don't
1: want to just sit with these new ideas. Mm. I'm glad, I guess. So in some ways them? you don't
0: want to sit with the doubt. I don't. You're willing to tolerate it, and then eventually the doubt will go away and you'll get the certainty.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting there.
0: So what would you tell our, someone who's listening to this podcast mm-hmm. right now? What would you tell them if they're in the same situation that you are right now?
1: Uh, Seek community. For one thing, and somebody to talk to about it. I think that's yeah, but important.
0: Can't that be dangerous?
1: Yeah, it can be for sure.
0: I mean, if you talk to the um, wrong person.
1: Yeah, but I think that there are communities out there, believe it or not. In fact, we happen to be a part of one. Yeah, agreed. That there are a lot of people that would be more than willing to talk yeah. about doubt and fear that you might have.
0: When I was a professor, at that college, yeah. One of the things, again, one of the times I got called in. This time it was by the academic dean. You got called
1: in a lot. I didn't did. So. I did. <laughs>
0: in fact, uh, that's why he ended up leaving. Was because one mm. time the president called me in, and again, and he said to me, he said, "You know, you're like a, a square peg. We're trying to fit into a round hole. Mm. And if you get a chance to leave, you probably ought to take it." Oh. Yeah.
1: Yikes.
0: But when the academic dean called me in one time, he said, you know, we're hearing that you raise a lot of questions to students. (laughs) And I said, well, if we're a liberal arts college, aren't we supposed to be teaching critical thinking?
1: Uh And
0: he said, yes, we are. But then give them the answers. Oh. Exactly. And especially, (laughs) especially in the area of religion. You can question in the area of science, you can question in the area of psychology, but when it comes to religion, we tend to have this taboo around it, around asking questions about God and our beliefs, because it does exactly what you described, Janelle. Yeah. It creates a discomfort. I mean, parents would call the college and say, look, we're, we're paying a, a lot of money to send our kids to this college, right? and you have a professor there <laughs> who's causing them to have doubts. <laughs>
1: Shut him down. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's so important to really... to. We have an inner attitude about God's existence. Explain. And,
0: exp- what do you mean by that?
1: Well, I think it's, it's almost an intuition. I don't know. For me, it's hearing an inner voice that I don't want to ignore anymore. Yeah. And so... We need to go with that, be aware of it, sit with it. Yes. And then also realize that there are other people doing the same thing. That means a lot, that you're not alone.
0: And I think what you're describing, Janelle, is looking at God Mm -hmm. and religion in general from more of an intuitive than from Mm -hmm. an objective.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly
0: yeah and and i think that 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 shift takes place and as it takes place within ourselves it actually impacts our view of god yeah because if you see god as theistic mm-hmm. then god is the one who breaks into our world god is the one who reveals things to us yeah and you really don't have to use more of what you were talking about, that, that voice inside of yourself, that, that's, that intuitive sense of like, does this work for me? Without faith and doubt, you, don't, you won't feel that.
1: You'll just sit in it, cruise control.
0: Exactly. And for a lot of people, that brings a great deal of comfort right. to believe that you have this God yeah. who tells you what is truth. And I think that's one of the frustrating things for me as a, as, a, as a minister. Yeah. Is that there are certain people that look to me and people in my occupation as the ones to tell them what is truth.
1: Correct. Just like at the college.
0: Yeah. And if you think about it, the Bible was written by human beings. Uh-huh. Now, you could say that the spirit was involved in that. And there's, that's, that's a whole other argument. Yeah. <laughs> But it was human beings that decided what went into the Bible and what did not. Correct. Some things were left out. And it was human beings that decided that the idea of a virgin birth—that mm-hmm. was—that was brought in. The idea of salvation. Yes. That God through needs atonement. God needs to. To see death in order to forgive, that was created by humans.
1: Right, but then there's the argument it was divinely inspired.
0: And so... What do you do with that? My question would be, are you divinely inspired? (laughs) Are our listeners divinely inspired?
1: Wow, that puts me right on the spot. Like, literally... Yeah. That's where I'm at right now.
0: I mean, we have this idea that, that God worked in people's lives uh-huh. in the past. And then all of a sudden, God reveals God's self to us in the past. And then God gets quiet. Now, the United Church of Christ, they say that God is still speaking. But again, that, even that idea alone is based on, in, this is just my opinion, a theistic idea, understanding of God. But if you have a non-theistic view of God then whatever that God is God is a part of all of it God is a, a part of every and so
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's I, I go back to what you said and I think you nailed it and so because you nailed it you get the coin
1: oh wow <laughs> great
0: that's actually a, a um, on 1776 it was, it was uh, minted in 1976 for the two hundred years celebration, and uh, now I'm going to take it back because it was my mother's. Oh, okay. sorry.
1: Well, I, Indian give that her... trumps me. <laughs> you know what? I read something yesterday. Um, science is what makes sense of the material world, and religion is quite the opposite. And it's funny how religion or faith is irrelevant to science. But science is not irrelevant to religion. What? Two sides of the coin. Science. Religion.
0: Religion. (laughs) Yes. I mean, to a certain degree, they're they're different because they're both, there's one in each, right? Yeah. They're different sides.
1: But one has undermined the authority of the other.
0: It depends how you see science and how you see religion. They don't have to we can meld we can meld the two together true and you can allow a instead of having this rigid set of beliefs yeah that for a time can give you a great deal of comfort instead of having that if you have more of a fluid sense
1: mm-hmm. okay
0: then that Does creates that, that creates the the discomfort that you're talking about yeah but, in the long run, I think people either when they're facing a crisis of of, of their faith or their beliefs
1: mm-hmm.
0: um I think they're the you either double down harder, yeah, and you beat yourself up and you just gotta have more faith and pass the you know don't right. i mean literally i had i've had people in my life no longer talk to me because of the By talking to me, it raises doubts for them. Yeah. So instead, or even being around someone who has doubts makes you kind of like, ooh, this doesn't feel right. So I shouldn't be their friend or I shouldn't hang out with them. Right. But instead, if we allow that, those doubts to happen,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I think it creates an exciting life. Yeah. But it takes a while to get there. It doesn't. And I think, again, that goes back to community. Takes courage. Yeah. And if you find it with each other and if you can be a part of a community, I mean, to to go it alone. That's one of my frustrations is that people who have completely walked away from church. Yeah. How do they deal with it? Because it's like if you have these, these are are real questions. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's almost like religion and philosophy. These, these are deep questions that impact our lives. Right. And to ignore them, I think, creates all sorts of challenges for, for me.
1: Yeah, and I think if you wait until it becomes absolutely necessary to face them. Right. You know, you're at death's door or, you know, a sickness or... You know, that's you, not the time to face...
0: Yeah. A co- big,
1: big things.
0: A colleague of mine who is a history professor, mm-hmm. he told me one time, he said, Tony, it seems like when you are teaching mm-hmm. that you're not only leading the horse to water, mm-hmm. you're forcing the horse to drink, and you might actually end up drowning him. <laughs> Wow, yeah. So I think, there is, I think there is an element of sensitivity. Yeah.
1: Put the brakes on. Right.
0: There's an element of sensitivity okay. to where people are at. There are times yeah. when people are not ready to face harder questions. Uh, and I think that's where, we, again, it goes back to community, that you respect that. And you don't, I mean, ultimately, it boils down to how we treat each other. I mean, it's not a matter of being who's right or who's wrong, because again, that goes back to faith and doubt. If you have faith and doubt, you're Mm -hmm. probably not overly fervent to impose your ideas upon other people because...
1: You're not comfortable yourself.
0: Right. But when we do feel that urge and that Mm -hmm. prompting to want to impose our ideas on other people, I think we're coming from a different place.
1: Hmm. Very true.
0: Yeah. And it says more about me Wanting to do that. And, and yeah. I catch myself, Janelle. Dag, I catch myself. Really? Oh, especially if I'm like first Fridays when we're walking
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I see these guys screaming. Man, I just want to <laughs> m- mess with but their... Let's
1: explain for the <laughs> what, listeners what first Friday is.
0: Will you explain it?
1: It's a, every first Friday of the month here in Phoenix, uh, downtown. They open up the streets and um, artists, artisans set up booths and there's food, musicians, music, yeah. food trucks. It's a, a whole culture in and of itself.
0: And then the people on the corner screaming yeah, about people going to hell. Yeah. And and there's a part of me that gets triggered yeah. and I just want to go there and mm-hmm. just show them that they're wrong. And there are a couple of times I've done it and it's...
1: Well, it's... it's a, it's upsetting. I, I I've brought people there that have uh, a small. Uh, my daughter's friend was was like mortified when she heard this guy yeah. screaming through the, the megaphone. Yeah.
0: And I think, but so, again, to to try that's a whole another issue when it comes to yeah, he has freedom of speech, right? But it's also my freedom not to be a, a bombarded by your speech. Um, I, I think ultimately, though, it comes back to what you were saying, because we need to wrap this up. Um,
1: yeah.
0: I'm gonna, so I'm going to give a... You give me your parting idea, and I'll give you mine. What would be the one thing you would leave, want our listeners to walk away with from this monodia, this episode?
1: Dig down really deep and find the courage to, to allow yourself to experience the doubt and the fear and then reach out to speak with others that also walk in that same direction right now and beatitudes is one place to find that community
0: and for me i would say building off of the last word that janelle just said um a sense of community there's not a lot of places in our society where we can have these conversations, uh, where we can talk about God and we can talk about humanity and raise questions and be honest with our fears and our doubts. And I think it's essential that we find that place. So wherever you are, I would encourage you to find a place that you can have that sense of community. As we come to a close, I'm gonna ask you to do me a favor. If you have taken the time to listen to this podcast all the way through, then apparently you feel it was interesting enough and it may have impacted your life. So I'm gonna ask if you think there's someone that is going through this time of difficulty of perhaps like the dark night of the soul and and doubts. And rather than you feeling like you have to pull them out of that, if you wanna just let them know that it's okay, and that there's other people that, that get it and that are going through it, uh, please share with them this podcast and might be a way that you can encourage them and help them. So this draws us our time together to an end. Have a wonderful day. And no matter what you're doing out there, stay safe. Take care.